We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Broncos for breakfast. Uh, building the Broncos for breakfast today. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, I am your co-host, Scott Kennedy. You can find me on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. You can also find me on TikTok now at Scout Kennedy as well. So this morning, Nick and I talked a lot about uh, pending free agents. There's about 30 of them. There's a lot of guys on this team that are pending free agents. And we went through, do we keep them? Do we sell them? So what we did was went through every single player and we said, okay, you know, do you bring them back? What cost, et cetera, et cetera. Most of the guys are veteran free agents. They're pretty cheap. Um, you know, do you want Cam Fleming to come back? You know, not as a starter, but he's like on $1.2 million. Yeah, he's a very serviceable backup. If he's my number three guard, my number three tackle, yeah, bring him back. So today, one of the things we want to go through, first off, there's been some news. Uh, quarterback Jarrett uh, Guarantano, I, I know this kid and I can't say his name. Jarrett Guarantano from New Jersey has uh, has signed to the practice squad. Jarrett was a Army All-American type, I think, I believe, when he was coming out. I actually lived in New Jersey when he was coming out, so I went to see him play at Bergen Catholic um, when I when when he was there. So I saw him firsthand, and he was an okay passer, not a phenomenal passer, but a, a solid enough passer and had very good mobility. So he's going to give the practice squad a little bit different look, something similar to what Josh Johnson did, where he is a really good runner, Um and a serviceable passer where you can get some different things out of him. Um, but, you know, not somebody that you think is going to be the quarterback of the future here. Um, so I think I can find, I can dig up some pretty cool video on him too in the next couple of days. So keep an eye out for that. It looks like Nick is back in. Nick, add yourself back in if you feel like your uh, internet is going to play nicely. I'm not sure that it's going to. But the other thing we want to get through tonight is we want to go through and talk about contract structures, not just restructuring, but contract structures and some of the salary cap options that the Denver Broncos are going to have based on some of the big contracts, restructuring, uh, what do you do with Russell Wilson's contract, et cetera, et cetera. While Nick is doing that, let's say hello to some folks in the chat that have come in. Uh, Dylan Van Arks, Von Arks, sorry, uh, in first. He can, he can throw up that, hey, I'm first uh, button on in the chat. So sub Broncos country, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all your platforms. Yeah, hit that share button too. Uh, if you found us on Twitter, hit a retweet. 
uh, and subscribe if you haven't already. So that subscription button on uh, is huge. Following the Facebook, following it on YouTube is huge for you because you should get those notifications to let you know when we go on. You won't get a notification to let you know that uh, uh, Nick's hamster band wheel of internet is gone out, but you know. So Nick, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Man, the episode started like the Broncos season, you know, just immediately out of the gates. Squat. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Okay, um, hopefully we can kick uh, keep it going here. As soon as I started the show, I heard a bunch of commotion. I'm curious if that and Oh, so, it might be a solo show tonight, y'all. So I'm going to have to lean on the chat in a, looks like- big, in a big way. Um, so uh, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. I might have to do some, some good audio work afterwards to cut it up for the podcast afterwards. But let's go ahead and we'll say hello to some of the folks in the chat. We already said hello to Dylan. Uh, David Bingham, and he comes in, is my guess is that the owners already called around the league and asked other owners about Peyton. Likely answer, if you fire him, we'll hire him next day. He is too well regarded. I agree. I don't know if they're doing that exactly, but, you know, they're you, you do your homework on this, and George Peyton will not be out of a job for long. Um and, you know, as David says, it strikes me as odd that those calling for his head in the offseason uh, now are, we're cheering his moves in the uh, offseason at the time. Now, that's the benefit of hindsight. And, David, it's also the benefit of the fan, which is short for fanatic, which isn't exactly the most patient or rational being on Earth. So you live and die with that type of stuff. I always try and grade... I'll usually remember what I thought at the time. And I'll tell you flat out whether I liked the move or didn't like the move and the different things. But we can walk through a bunch of these moves tonight and just say, hey, how has George Payton been doing? Because, you know, he's been in the job for two years and there's been a lot of moves that have panned out. There's been a lot of moves, some high profile ones that have not. Uh, Nick Diamond Rattler coming in saying, boom, let's go. And Nick coming in, we're not sure what he's going to say at this point. If it doesn't work again, I'm going to use it on the phone and I have my AirPods ready to go and you'll have to add me and handle the chat. But uh, that's what we'll have to do. Luckily, the air, the sound quality, I think, is a little better with that. But yeah, um, hello to everybody coming in here. And uh, Scott can let me know. You can let me know if my Internet's going. on. I don't know what's happening right now. I'll just kick uh, you out again if I see you freezing. So that'll be real easy. Uh, Michaela coming in says, good evening, Broncos uh, country. Good evening, Michaela. And uh, Eli Flores with a comment. The season is over. That's it. Let's go get Baker Mayfield and have Rush restructure his conduct, then beef up the offensive line for next season. Man, if it only was that easy. You know, Eli, I, I saw this comment yesterday. In order to restructure a contract, the, the team either has to have some leverage. Well, that's pretty much it. The team has to have some leverage or they want to keep him longer. So when you restructure a contract, the player gets something out of it. Uh, a raise, you get more money kicked up front, and then we stretch the years out, and that dead cap increases as we move it down the line and just kick the can down the line. That's okay for a 30-year-old who's playing well, and you don't mind moving that dead cap number down because that's okay. But Eli, if you want him to restructure his contract, it's not going to be the way you think it is. It's going to be to eat up all of the free cap space next year so you have less dad cap in 2024. You're going to have to give him a raise. Otherwise, when I say, let's just have Russ restructure his contact, I'm like, well, shoot. Why not just have him pay his money back and then he can just walk? That, that'd work too. It doesn't work like that, Eli, unfortunately. 
you, you don't just restructure. You have to have some leverage on it. And when you've got $100 million in dead cap and guarantees, you have zero leverage with the player. When you've got a guy that you owe, he's got $15 million on his contract with a $2 million dead cap number, you can say, hey, Graham Glasgow, I'll pay you four or I will cut you. What would you like to do? You know what? I think I'll restructure my contract and come in for four. That's what restructures are like. Or you say, I've got Patrick Mahomes coming in. You know what? I'll add two years on the end of his contract, pay his last two years in the form of a signing bonus and knock my cap down for two seasons. And now my dead cap in years five and six are 40 million and 50 million. But hey, we'll worry about years five and six later. Patrick Mahomes is going to be here a long time. It just, it doesn't work like that, man. I'm, I'm sorry to say it's, uh, you're in a bad way with Russell Wilson's contract right now if he doesn't start playing better. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, definitely in a rough situation with Russell Wilson's contract. And speaking of Russell Wilson's contract, uh, we're going to get into George Payton and whether or not he is on the hot seat right now. I put out a tweet earlier today that had very much to mixed reactions uh, from Broncos fans in regards to the George Payton's moves this offseason and We'll be fair and honest on this one, but so far, most of the moves from this past offseason have not been very good. Obviously, the big three being choosing Nathaniel Hackett to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, trading for Russell Wilson, and then the contract extension of Russell Wilson. Now, I think the trade of Russell Wilson was always probably in tandem with the contract extension. The only reason there was a delay was because of the ownership situation being in in flux at that moment. But uh, yeah, I, I think right now it's, we need to start having a conversation of George Payton and his future on this team, because right now the results are very poor and a lot of his results or a lot of his uh, moves that he's made have led us to these poor results to this point. Well, and, and unfortunately, as uh, was said earlier, a lot of the things that we were cheering at, at one point are now looking kind of bad. Okay. Let's say, and, and Marcus Lewis had coming in from across the pond. Uh, good evening to you. Uh, it's late. It's late over there. So appreciate you staying up with us, coming with some stars. Says, Hi, guys. Respect from the UK. Love and respect all those Broncos fans. Go Broncos. MHH for life. Appreciate you. Marcus kicking us off with the stars. And Phil McLaughlin, McLaughlin does the same thing. Evening, 
Nick and Deacon Scott. Well, sorry to see Nick go. Well, Nick's back. We'll get Nick back. We'll get him back. Um, even some of the moves that we cheered in, in, in the way the season has gone, everything's just turned to crap. You get big, you sign Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton to two big extensions. You're like, hey, we saved a bunch of money. Look at what the receiver room did. Well, look at what you've gotten out of these guys now. There's 20-something million dollars. Tim Patrick tears an ACL. Cortland Sutton's playing okay. And it's just, you know, and, and again, I know, I'm not blaming those two. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it, when it's all connected to the poor offense, whether you want to place the most blame on Nathaniel Hackett or Russell Wilson or the offensive line, everybody suffers. And then all of those moves start to look bad, Nick. Yeah, and if Russell Wilson was playing top 10 level, even top 15 level, we would not be having this conversation right now this quickly in because uh, general managers a lot of time is you need time and years to accelerate to get that uh, that data to understand what the draft class is, how the team building's in. But it's gone to crap really quickly. I mean, you can even look back to last season. Obviously, a lot of the talk was, oh, uh, George Payton, he's going to take a year off, you know, kind of just be hands off, whatever, uh, do some stuff to help the coaching staff. But, you know, he's brought in quarterbacks at Vic Fangio's discretion. They chose a quarterback, cornerback over a quarterback in the draft. We love Patrick Sertan, but that's one that if you take the quarterback there, maybe you don't make that Russell Wilson move. In hindsight, the Kyle Fuller move was terrible. Uh, Justin Simmons, you pay him that contract, but you made him the highest paid safety at the time, and it's gotten you not many wins. Was that so a Peyton far. move? Was that a Peyton extension? The Russell Russell Simmons was a Peyton move. It was one of his first moves. Okay. Um, as a general manager, um, that was poor. And then obviously this season, the big moves. Uh, the, we talked about Hackett. We talked about Russell Wilson, but also bringing in Randy Gregor. We always knew that was going to be risky. Uh, doing so, but here we are. Um, he's been injured, and you do have an out after next year, but. You know, you signed injury prone player and he gets injured. And I think it was not the, if it was Russell Wilson was playing fine and that happened, you know, the Randy Gregory injury, we'd be like, okay, we can live with that. But now it's just, things are stacking on top of each other. You brought in two already injured signed uh, right tackles for cheap that have hardly played anything. And guess what they end up on the injured list. Uh, And I mean, other moves, Melvin Gordon, Kareem Jackson, the Nick Benito pick at 64 doesn't look very good right now. So these are all, negative things at first before chris chances come in i just said just want to say hi to the best in the business thank you chris hopefully my internet is sticking up to at least be the serviceable yeah take a breath nick you're going like you're trying to squeeze everything in case you get kicked out of here take a breath take (laughs) a breath you're you're listening on your double speed right now uh i'm panicked because the internet was bad but good moves this off season we and there are good moves uh bringing in first off uh Retaining Christian Page, that's one. You know, some of the offensive staff, uh, not great there. But Christian Page, getting him in here, is that an Israel Evero move? We'll see. But personnel-wise, I think the DJ Jones signing has been very good. Uh, he's been a great player for you on that line. The drafting and movement of Baron Browning to edge, is that more coaching or uh, George Payton? I don't know, but I mean, he's been an awesome player for a late third round pick. And then you have Dulcich coming in, who's been a good pick for them. And uh, Kwan Williams, when he was healthy. I think those are all very good moves, but you can't get past Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. You just can't. I was thinking about um, DJ Jones, and obviously he's been a, a home run signing. I think both of the guys coming in from San Francisco were great hires. And Dave, appreciate you coming in. Got his star streak going, keeping it going. Closing in on 100 weeks. I wasn't sure what wow. you're talking about at first. I was like, oh, yeah, Dave. Dave, Dave's got the star streak going. Um, I almost want to just trying to lighten the blow a little bit. 
I want to include DJ Jones as the trade as part of the trade because he was the, the, you got DJ Jones because you sent Shelby Harris away. It was almost a one for one swap with salary. So if you think of it that way, it helps. It still isn't good, but it's like, okay, we sent them Noah Fant, Shelby, Drew Locke, a bunch of picks, and we got back Russell Wilson and DJ Jones. Well, DJ Jones has been good. Because he was a direct replacement for Shelby Harris, and it was almost dollar for dollar the same amount. I know. I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. I know. I know that. But it was a good signing. It was a very good signing. And say it was, so was K1 Williams. Very good signing. Yeah, that's that's been a very good signing, no doubt. And also, uh, Colin Wood calls it out, uh, the Darmari Mathis pick in the fourth round, considering you're getting league, I would say league average cornerback level, but on a rookie contract as a day three player. That was a heck of a pick, in my opinion. Eric and I went back and forth a little bit today. Um, we got Jay Wusso coming in saying, would you pick Drake May or Caleb Williams, a quarterback? I'd pick Caleb Williams. I know that his personality right now has some people a little bit, you know, he's maybe a little bit weird. I don't know. That's some stuff kind of like some people are like, oh, I hate that he paints his nails. I don't care. Be yourself. If you <laughs> players follow you, then God bless you as long as you're putting in the work. Uh, so that I would take Caleb Williams for sure. But Drake May looks like a really good quarterback prospect as well. And then you have a couple other guys next year that are toolsy that are worth following. Uh, guys always emerge as well, but JJ McCarthy and Quinn Ewers were both super recruits, you know, really top end five star guys, and they've played decently well uh, in their young college careers. But Caleb Williams I, uh, is the dude. I'd rather have them paint their nails and start getting tattoos at seventeen years old. Yeah, you know, I I, I once tell one of the recruits I knew that I was pretty close with. He goes on Twitter. He says, "What should I get as my first tattoo?" I'm like, Bryce, if you have to ask Twitter about what you want to put on your body forever maybe you don't need to paint your nails dye your hair do something you know like that's fine who cares but caleb's also probably got you know some nice ink and everything too i just i don't have i don't have one nothing against them but i haven't found anything other than my kids names that i want on my body for the rest of my life i put my wife's name on there she's gonna kick me out of the house so you know there's there's very few things that are forever but uh jay uh coming in appreciate you on with the question on um on twitch uh i haven't seen drake may as much as caleb williams but i have a hard time believing there's a much better prospect out there than caleb williams he does some things that other people just flat out cannot do he's pretty special he really is um but appreciate uh, we got jetty splash coming in saying gotta go thanks for the podcasts thank you for coming in jetty we appreciate you and uh, i think it's not just the painting of the nails he writes F you, whatever opponent he's playing on his nails, which would, yeah, you know, are, I don't care, but some people, you know, get off my lawn, get upset about that. Yeah. And I, I guess know, some people, old guys like me, I, I don't, I really don't care. I could see like some team, like don't give the other team any motivation. If the other team is getting mo- motivation from you painting your nail saying F Utah or something on it, then they're going to find anything they can anyway. It's, it's yeah, not, I, I, not I hate stuff. that phrase. Oh, it's bulletin board material. And it just makes it more sour when you lose. You really need motivation to get up for a rival. You're not going to be where you are. You wouldn't no. have made it that far. Yep, a hundred percent. So, uh, Scott, we kind of, I kind of went over a bunch of the moves here. Where do you sit right now on this George Payton stuff? Uh, do you think there is enough here to be fireable from the new ownership group? I the the thing is for the new ownership group, you'd come in and say, and I you know I see more comments in here about the owners are terrible, owners of this, owners of this, the owners have been here two or three months. 
you know, why are we blaming the ownership for any of this stuff? I still don't get that mentality other than the fact that that's what's different. And you expect them to come in and wave a magic wand and all this stuff goes away. You know, when, when we're talking about the ownership group, what are you hoping for? You're hoping that they come in, they write their checks, they hire football people, and they shut up. That's what you're hoping for. Well, right now they're being patient. They're making decisions. They're making evaluations. I would give George Payton one more season. Um, I, I would I would let him go one more year. I would I would want, as an owner, I would want to be in the back of the room in a chair listening in on the hiring process and on the interview process as he goes through. I would want to know. I would want to be involved, and I would want to have someone talking to me about the process. I'd want to have all the information I can. It's like, listen, you went and interviewed 10 guys. Why did he pick this one? Why did you pick this one? Um, so, you know, and I'd, I'd want sign off, you know, you're going to get the chance to be, to oversee the next hire, but you know what? It's not going to be carte blanche. You know, it's not going to be whatever we did last time. If we had a bunch of people in your ear and you, you know, we talk about that with, with, with uh, scouting Nick. And, and I've said, I've told you this before. I've got some age on you. Stick to your guns, you know, believe in yourself, you know? So if George Payton gave in, then, you know, stick to your guns and get the guy you want because it's your ass that's on the line. So, but I, I'd give him one more year. Yeah, definitely a possibility. I guess where things get a little bit tough is that if you fire Hackett this year and you bring in another head coach, what's to say that firing that the next general manager you bring in is not going to fire the head coach that Hackett or uh, Peyton just hired, right? And then that would be four head coaches in four years. Uh, for this Broncos team, Vic Fangio, Nathaniel Hackett, who comes after Hackett, and then the next guy. So I'm wondering if it's almost better to have a clean, you know, firing at the same time where you can have those guys aligned. And the other thing uh, with this is this contract with Russell Wilson, with how poor he's played, you probably, you, I would be shocked if you don't roll with him next season. Maybe you make Peyton sit in his stew uh, for a year, whether it's hack it back or not. And then after this year, it's much easier for a new general manager to come in and have no ties to Wilson. Um, much easier to move on from him and also has much more leeway uh, going forward because you know, going into it, okay, we're moving on from Wilson. You're going to have all this dead cap. This is going to be a rebuild process with our hands going to be tied for behind our back for a little bit, but we're all at least in the understanding of that's what this position is. So it's a, uh, the timeline wise because of Wilson and because the Broncos now, you know, potentially three head coaches in three years makes us a little bit muddy um, for me. Um, looking at this, this, uh, this comment from Colin salty, Colin, Colin salty wood says Russ and Gregory represent $320 million of wasted money at this point. Come on, man. No, they don't. They're not going to see $320 million of that money. And you know, it. Um at the, at least if it's wasted, if they're not performing, uh, Randy Gregory's contract is a two-year, $28 million deal. That's what his contract is. It's two years, $28 million. If he doesn't perform next year, you're out $28 million. Russ is $150 million guaranteed, I believe. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's $180 million we're talking about. It's a lot of freaking money. But it's about half of what we're talking about here. So the structures, because... Looking at the way that I think George Payton structures the contracts, for the most part, I think are pretty good. You know, the Randy Gregory one was a low cap hit this year. When you're looking at, okay, we just got Russell Wilson, I think universally 98% of people think that's a good move for this team. You structure the contract where it's three or four years. Okay, we're not paying him till he's 50. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we've got him for years 33, 34, 35, 36. That's feasible. And he's got a low cap hit in 2022 and 2023 when we want to try and load up and go for it. Um, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Before the wide receiver market goes bananas, you sign them to nice team-friendly deals and lock them down for a few more years. The problem is, is for one reason or another, none of these moves have worked out. But, you know, for the most part, and I've said every time, the two big question marks I've had when I want to give them, you know, okay, when I'm grading these moves, yes, I like that move. Yes, I like this move. Yes, I like this move. Was not addressing the offensive line well enough the last two seasons. You know, Nick, we talked about that a lot. When I'm looking at right tackle, oh, the Broncos have the most available cap space. I don't care. What good is $30 million in available cap room if you've got a black hole at right tackle? Go do something about it. That wasn't addressed in, the, in free agency or the draft as far as I'm concerned. And two, I never would have signed a guy with two years left on his deal to a quarter billion dollars before he took a snap. And, and, and I would have advised Russell Wilson to get a feel for it first. Now, unless he knew, hey, something, I'm on my way down. You know, unless he may not admit it to himself, but unless something's in his, his agents pushing for it, then maybe he says, you know, I, I got to get what I can when I can. But I would, with two years left on his deal, and he wasn't that expensive, he didn't have a huge escalator coming on that last deal, I would have waited. And I said that from the get-go. I guess the thing we don't know in that regard, and you did say that from the get-go, I was and if I was George Payton, it's a couple, it's a couple of these moves I was fine with. I was like, oh, you're paying, you're bringing back what the 11th highest pass rush rusher from last season. You're bringing back Melvin Gordon for cheap. That's great. Um, and obviously in hindsight, it looks like crap trading for Russell Wilson. I was excited. The contract, I was excited. Uh, Joe Burrow was about to get paid a ungodly amount of money. So is Justin Herbert. The quarterback market is about to be unbelievable. And you didn't have to pay him a hundred percent guaranteed contract like Deshaun Watson got before Wilson. All of that at that moment, I thought looked good. Guess what? If I made those moves. And we were, let's say I'm George Payton and I made those moves. You should criticize me. You can have good process, but mm -hmm. good process does not equal good results every single time. And you are judged on your results. You are supposed to be better than average. Oh, a lot of people like that move. Well, a lot of people would also be getting fired and criticized mm -hmm. for that. Um, yeah, you're, the you're road to, to heck be... and good intentions and all that type of stuff. You're at the end of the day, it's not the process. It's the results. Um, I actually get really irritated with people that focus on the drive instead of the destination. You know, when I'm managing people, I'm like, listen, this is where I want to be. You, 
I'm not going to tell you how to get there, Nick. I don't know how you work best. Yep. You know, but Nick, this is what I need done in by four days. Take care of it. Trust you to do it. I don't care about the process. And that's, that's kind of the point. And from like a perspective of us, you do want to have good process, like process. I know, but you're not great. You're not at the end of the day, you're not going to get great. Oh, your process is really nice. Yeah. Got us to three and and 15. However many games are in a season. It got us to three and 14. So you're fired, but Hey, I liked it at the time, Yeah, but you're fired. Todd Ostendorf coming in blue with on YouTube, kicking us off on the supers. He says 2023 first round targets, a wide receiver. Uh, other positions. I think I saw, and draft looks so wonky to me with Will Levis number one overall. I didn't even do any write up on it on the draft network this week, but it had the Broncos, I believe, taking a wide receiver. Um, so it's still a possibility that you could go wide receiver. And if that happens, one of or both of Hamler and Judy are gonzo next year. Nothing official, but I think I'd be surprised if Hamler was here next year. Um, I think Judy's probably still around, but there's seems to be some movement towards Hamler and his camp being out. Uh, as far as first round targets at wide receiver this year, I think the receiver that was mocked to Denver in that mock draft that you're mentioning is Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. Uh, he's very talented. I think he set the all time. It was definitely the Rose Bowl record, but it might have been the all time record for passing yards or passing receiving yards in a game in the Rose Bowl last year against Utah. Uh, I think he's a very good receiver. I don't know if he is top 20 pick caliber. I think he might be a little bit slot bound, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. Wide receiver is not my best position in evaluating. I'm much better in the trenches and tight end uh, offensive line, defensive line than I am wide receiver. So I'd listen to somebody, somebody else, but I can tell you some of the thought of uh, first round wide receivers, but area definitely want to get better at uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba's up there. Jordan Addison from USC is a name to keep an eye on Quinton Johnson out of TCU is thought of very highly. And then, again, my favorite wide receiver that I've watched so far, I've not been impressed with this class, and I'm happy to see some other people starting to say that, at the top of the class at least, but uh, Rice from SMU. I know, oh, Cortland Sutton went to SMU. Okay, I don't, there's a different player, different person. Um, But uh, Rice out of SMU uh, has really caught my eyes. I'd be interested in him. Last one is Downs from North Carolina. If you haven't watched much Caleb Mays, if you watch receivers in this draft cycle and you get to Downs, you'll see a lot of Caleb Mays as well. Excuse me, uh, Drake Mays. How, how much have you watched Dion's son? He says, so Kenny comes in, KB82, he says, on coming in green. He says, with Prime's move, Dion Sanders moved to Colorado. What are your thoughts on his son's talent? Does he have the ability to thrive in the NFL? I, I've, I've never seen him. I can't speak to it at all. Um, okay. Sorry, Kenny. Appreciate the super, but I've, I've never watched him. I can tell you all about Dion. I'm a, a big Dion Sanders fan. Um, and uh, I think it was Friday night when the youngsters were talking about, you know, oh, and it may be the best cover corner of all time. And Daryl Revis, I about choked. Um, I'm like, come on now. I'm like, you know, Deion Sanders just choked on his sweet tea. You know, I, I grew up with Daryl Green and, and Rod Woodson and Deion Sanders. And as far as pure coverage ability, it was Deion Sanders and then everybody else. But I don't know much about his, uh, I don't know much about the, his, his son. Yeah, I haven't watched him one bit. Um, ask me again when he's a draft eligible prospect, or Buffalo is playing in the Big Ten against my Hawkeyes. <laughs> that's a then I'll probably get eyes on him because that's a, most of my time. Uh, Ross Hester coming in said, "Wish we had Chargers version of this podcast with guys like you from the AFC West fan to another. Please beat Kansas City. I hope we beat Kansas City too. And thank you so much for the kind words, Ross. It's really nice of you to say. Scott and I will both tell you we are not much of trash talkers. Um, we 
prefer much more of the actual sit down, civilized talk, you know, touch talking about each other's teams uh, versus the, Oh, your team is trash. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> move along child. Um, yeah, exactly. But uh, really appreciate you, Ross. I think Steve Hagland, I think is his name. He's uh, had me on his show a few times covering the chargers. Uh, he's one you can check out as well. We've had some disagreements on different things, but it's always been, you know, the analysis side of things, not stupid squabbles that some people can get into. Yep, Ross, don't be a stranger. You can follow, if you're not following us already, Nick and I are going to start going, uh, taking one of these days, uh, probably on our Falcons podcast to do draft. It'll end up being an an all-encompassing NFL free agency draft. So it'll be an NFL pod. Happy to come in and talk Chargers. So appreciate you, Ross. Thanks for coming in. Respect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We also got Garth Knight coming. Oop, you can go ahead. Garth Knight coming in. And this is another caveat here. I didn't want to say this, uh, getting into this one, but Garth Knight teased me up on this at least. Get me Jim Harbaugh. He has chaps. I don't know what that is. Oh, chapas? I don't know what that is. And could fit right the ship. Uh, far he as means he's a little salty too. He, him and yes. Colin are no. He's 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 chappy. You know, he's yeah. he's a little. Uh, he's got some fire in him. A little sarcasm too. He's he's different. Harbaugh's different. Yeah. Uh, Harbaugh is certainly different. And the thing about Harbaugh is if he comes in, my understanding is it's going to be a dynamic similar to John Gruden and Mike Mayock in with the Raiders where Jim Harbaugh is the de facto final say personnel guy uh, or the head coach is. And that doesn't happen that often. You see like uh, the relationship with if you had Peyton here, Peyton's probably still the guy that's final personnel decision. You're probably not rescinding that power um, from Peyton over to the head coach. So if you bring it in Harbaugh, it's probably a clean sweep of the head coach and the front office with uh, power restructure going on. Yeah. If Peyton keeps around, he's still sending out resumes. You know, yeah. if, if he's around, he's, he's looking around at resumes. Uh, Harbaugh's we, we talked about him this morning too. He's just a hell of a football coach. You know, he's a little different. Um, he doesn't stick to the coach speak thing. And I, I feel like we see that a little bit more from former players where they're a little more open to speaking their minds. And again, they all should, you know, how much money has Harbaugh made in his career for God's sakes? I mean, it's gotta be knocking on the door, $80 million, you know, fire me, pay me off. Um, The problem is, is when you're talking about the Michigans and Ohio States and Alabama's and Texas of the world, they've got as much realistic money as the NFL teams. I mean, yes, the Walton Penner group could go and write a $20 million check. That's 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 not realistic until it happens. That's not necessarily realistic. He's on $11 million at Michigan right now. Um, they've got all the big money and revenue without the pesky player salaries to have to deal with. So they they make they pay their coaches a ton of money. Um, that you're, he would kind of want to tackle the challenge of getting back to the NFL and be tired of the grind of the player movement and recruiting and NIL and transfer portals and all that stuff. But right now he's got it rolling pretty good. When you're a top five team at a place like Michigan, people are calling you. They're, they're, they're calling you. You're not, you're not recruiting, you're selecting and guys that are leaving, you're helping to push out the door because you've got other guys you want to bring in. So he's yep. in a good spot. He, he'd, he'd have to want to take on the challenge of, hey, you know, maybe if he wins the whole thing this year, maybe he does. Maybe he does want to take on that challenge. It's definitely po- possible. Um, and uh, RJ coming in saying, Jim Bob has Michigan rolling. Why would he want to take over a dumpster fire? Money and power. Money and 
power. The ego. Again, like I said, RJ, if he if he wins the whole thing at Michigan, he says, like, okay, I, I conquered Ohio State and I conquered college football. I'm ready for another challenge. It's it's an ego thing. And again, the college football has become a real pain in the butt right now for, for oh, a man. lot of these coaches with the personnel stuff. It's it's hard. It's a lot harder to be a head coach at a college football program than it is to be an NFL head coach. Um, it's just, there's so much more on your plate from boosters and, and, uh, fundraising and all and recruiting and all of that type of stuff. It's, it's a much bigger job at Michigan than it is being an NFL head coach. It just is. There's, there's less work, not less work. Cause you work 18 hour days. There's less work on football. <laughs> there's less actual football coaching going on from a Jim Harbaugh than there is uh, a, an NFL head coach. And with the NIL transfer portal stuff today, it's just been the last two days has been insane. It's a whole new world in uh, college football. So who knows? Uh, but he's got Michigan rolling right now. And if I, I would be making the call, no doubt. I know that also I saw a tidbit of information today that uh, do you know who was uh, Jim Harbaugh gave this person their first coaching position in the NFL. Denver Broncos current defensive coordinator Jir Evero was hired as a defensive analyst for the 49ers under the uh, under Jim Harbaugh's regime. Nice. So connections, connections, connections. Always interesting to see that. Um, one other thing here I do want to give credit, and these are going to be this is going to be more controversial, and you guys can agree with me or disagree with me on this one. I think overall in most of the trades, obviously not the Russell Wilson one, but most of the trades, I think George Payton has done a pretty darn good job. Uh, the trade for Von of Von Miller last year, when you are out of it and he's not being sold by fool's gold sitting there at three and four, I believe the record was at the time moving Von for a two and a three and getting the salary, some of the salary off the books as well. I think that's, it's not a fun sentimental move, but I think it was the right move at the time. Now you've trade the picks or some of the picks that you kind of got there to get Russell Wilson. That's bad. But I think the Von Miller trade at the time was a good move. Last year, the Broncos had a third round pick uh, late in the process. It might've been the Rams third round pick. I can't recall exactly which one, but they ended up trading back and getting a third round pick from the Colts this year. That's going to be an early third round pick. Thank you, Indy, uh, for that one. That's a good move, accumulating future assets at an appreciating uh, value with uh, future picks. That's a good one. And also it's an unfortunate one this year. I really love the player. I said he was a great player for a long time, even though some Broncos fans were rough on him, but Bradley Chubb, with his injury history, the fact that this team is obviously not going anywhere right now, moving him for a one and getting that salary off the books when this is a team that's DOA on the season, I think that was a good move as well. Uh, so, and those are moves that suck. And a lot of like people that are more in, you know, la, 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 you know, this is fine with everything on fire around them, uh, wouldn't have made those moves. But uh, I think all those moves, specifically the trades of the two-star pass rushers, given it's, it's knowing where you are as a team uh, in the moment. So I give him credit for that. Ennis Jelani says, how about the second and third round capital we got for Von Miller? Those picks became Nick Benito and Greg Dulcich. Still feel great about that. Not not necessarily great. Again, you don't want to have to give him up, but you did because he was a pending free agent and was going to leave anyway. You weren't going to be able to match three years at roughly $60 million that the Buffalo Bills were going to give him. So it was, if you think of it that way, you say it was Nick Benito, Greg Dulcich, and $20 million. And the follow-up here is, you know, Von is too much money at 20, but Randy Gregory at 16 and a half. Well, it was three years and roughly 60 for Vaughn, where it was two years and 28. So it was, you're able to, it was a less risky deal. I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd rather have for the same money. I'd rather have two years in Vaughn. Vaughn's a better player. He's a more reliable player. But 
you're committing to him for the next three seasons as opposed to two with Randy Gregory, and he's considerably older. It's, it's risky. This was a move we said all along that was good for Vaughn, and it was good for a team with Super Bowl aspirations right now. Were you that team, and could you convince Vaughn to be that guy? I don't think you were going to be able to outbid Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills regardless. Um, if you wanted to bring him back, you you know, you know could have made him an offer. I don't think you were going to be able to beat that offer, though, and be able to get a second and third and how much money for $8 million you bought that pick. Uh, you bought that second pick. She picked up the rest of his salary. But again, I thought that was a good trade. And I thought the Bradley Chubb trade was a very good trade because I didn't think anybody was going to come up with a first round draft pick to pull that off. I was like, that's a lot for a guy on six, you know, six months on his contract um, to get a first out of that. That was a, again, you're upset because you're in that position that you're a seller. But I thought that was, I thought he got a good return on that, on that, uh, on that trade for, for Bradley Chubb. Yeah. And just circle back to that trade. The Broncos didn't use pick Dulcich with the Rams trade. It was the aforementioned trade of uh, getting a 2023 third and you got a 2022nd with the Colts. That was pick 96. You got from the Rams that uh, ends up going to the Colts. I don't remember who they picked there. It might've been Nick cross uh, safety from Maryland. Uh, for some reason that sticks out in my mind, but uh Again, I think some of those trades have been pretty good, but again, it all keeps coming down to the Russell Wilson move and the Nathaniel Hackett hire. Two big stinkers right now, and in the trade with the contract, I think that's enough justification that if the fran- franchise owners, uh, the Walton Penner Group, wants to move on from Peyton, they can sell that. I think it's teetering. I wouldn't, per- and I'm not advocating for it. I like you said, Scott, you would not do it. I would not do it too. I think this team is going to have to get super frugal and have to hit on draft picks above average and build this team through like day two round four picks over the next few years to get out of this Russell Wilson contract. If it's that ugly. And I think George Payton, we've mentioned it. Oh, he's a good drafter, but some of the contracts in free agency have not been great. You're probably gonna have to be drafting above average to be able to get out of some of these dead cap hits. I'd be okay with uh, Peyton doing that this upcoming off season, but we got Deandre Weatherspoon coming in saying, do they keep Alberto Cuevam next season or not? Nah? This is the easiest question I ever got Deandre. I would be, Shocked beyond belief uh, if Albert Okoyevinam was here next year. I'm surprised he's still on the team this year. Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, if, if you're cutting Melvin Gorvin, you're cutting Alberto. I mean, I, I'm surprised he's still on the team this year, DeAndre, to be honest with you. So um, probably not. And Bugs coming in says, you really think uh, Peyton is keeping his job? I don't know. I don't. I would make a move. I would, I would keep him on for another year. I've seen mm-hmm. enough. Especially, you know, without again, we just talked about it's not necessarily, you know, the process, it's the destination. And right now your team is in a world of suck. Fire the general manager. I, I get that. But as I'm watching these moves happen, I liked a lot of them. Okay. The problem is is the ones that he's missed on have been big, high profile, coach killing, team killing moves. So I get it. I'm, if, yeah. if, if he's, if George Payton is gone, I won't be surprised if people want him gone. I'm not going to argue with you. I would say, I understand, but if it's me, one more season, I, I, I'd, I'd give him another, another chance to, to start turning things in the, in, in the right direction. And here is the other part just came to me here. <laughs> Obviously how much work you put into this, but the Russell Wilson. Okay. Let's say the ownership group is out on Russell Wilson. Now contractually, they're going to keep him around for a year, but let's say they've seen enough, you know, stuff in the locker room or whatever, just like, you know what? 
we are out. We think that we need to move on from this. Keeping George Payton around probably is contradictory to that viewpoint for the ownership group. Like if you're talking about long-term gains, you know, drafting, let's say the Broncos trade down from their first overall pick this year, pick up a two this year and a two next year, and they start taking, you know, into your offensive line and right tackle day two, the, the benefits of those picks probably aren't coming in 2023. They're coming in 2024, 2025. George Payton, though, that, that's almost an exact, you know, counter to him saving his skin, saving his job, because you're, you're going to be looking for more immediate return on investment uh, type of moves with that kind of situation. So if the ownership group themselves is like, you know what, we're out on Russ. I am curious. I'm curious that they would keep Payton. Now, granted, they maybe have veto power where it's like, okay, George Payton's like, I'm going to trade up in first round for Bijan Robinson, a running back. No, no, you're not, George. Uh, we love you, but and we're going to keep you around, but we're not going to do that. But I think there's a lot of it comes down to even the fact we're having this discussion with Russell Wilson, but also which direction this team goes this offseason is whether or not they believe in Russ or not. Or Peyton, again, it's, it's, yeah, the ownership didn't hire any of these people. Yep. You know, they didn't hire any of them. And that's when you're, Three and eight. I've lost count. I can't. The sixteen game. I'm scheduled seventeen game. It just throws me up. But when you're when you're three and eight, and you've got new ownership coming in that didn't hire me and has no ties to me, and no, then it's it's a precarious position to be in for sure. Uh, and Phil McLaughlin coming in with some stars. He's pretty sure Jim would love the chance to beat his brother. There's something we didn't consider of a reason why. Why would you take an NFL job? But the question is, this NFL job. Why would he take this NFL job? You'd have to. You'd have to have a better offer out there than, you know, for someone to come in, you know, would you be, would you rather take, you know, the Houston Texans job, you know, if it came open with, with uh, a fresh start and a bunch of Cleveland draft picks coming in low expectations, maybe, you know, it's, it'd be, you know, if you're, you're going after your number one pick, the Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, the pipe dreams of the world, it's going to be tough for the Denver Broncos because you might not be able to put together as compelling a package, a sales job as some of these other teams. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. And I see a comment here coming in from, uh, Oh gosh, who was it? Talked about, we had some moves today. Um, yeah, the Broncos brought another QB B Mers coming in, uh, talking about that. And yeah, the Broncos did make a, a couple moves today. Uh, they waived tackle Quinn Bailey, who we saw for a limited action, um, at right tackle. And he's bounced around the team for a couple years now, but Quinn Bailey has been waived. And safety, uh, Anthony Harris as well, longtime veteran safety. Broncos brought in wide receiver Caden Harris, Caden Davis. I think he's from UC, Caden Davis from UC Davis. That's not right. Caden Davis and uh, Jarrett Guantanamo uh, from, (laughs) I probably totally butchered his name, um, but from Tennessee. Guarantano, I butchered it early. For those of you who were here with me at the beginning of the show, we talked about Jarrett Guarantano. See, I can't, I can't, Jarrett Guarantano. It's not that hard a name to say. Guarantano. He's from New Jersey, Nick. I went to see him play at Bergen Catholic. I lived up there for about 20 months. So I got to see him play in person. Um, thought he had a chance to be a really good college quarterback. I'm not sure as a pro, which is why he was an un- undrafted and he's bounced around some practice squads. Good mobility. He will give the team some good looks for mobile quarterbacks that you could be facing, but not a long-term answer. Just uh, you know, another guy you, you got out, you need three, you need somebody on the practice squad. But he's a he's a practice squad guy that can help help your team get ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really good arm, just no anticipatory throw ability. Um, can't throw guys open and not great accuracy. So I'm at Tennessee. It's not great uh, for him there. And we got when weebs react 
Are we the weebs? Uh, has coming in saying, glad Benito got all the needed playing time with that one snap last week. Yeah, pretty rough considering you're down a lot of players. I mean, Jonathan Cooper's out there, seventh round pick playing better. You move Baron Browning, he's playing better. You traded for Jacob Martin, he's playing better. Benito has been rough. It's still just his rookie season. It was also, I think, a poor matchup for him given how horrific he is as a run defender because he takes the cheese every time. But like that's that's an indictment on the pick. Fourth quarter, last drive of the game. You've got an immobile man mountain at left tackle. Nick Benito should have been playing against, uh, is it Daniel? I've already forgotten his last name. Falele. Daniel Falele. Falele. Yep. Um, should have been playing against him or someone. And I saw them drop the edge into coverage and Awazarike is going in against him. Like, that's, thank you. Another 330 pound guy. Cause I can't catch these little jitter bugs that are walking around me. Cause I can't move my feet. You know, and we said last night, I, I typed it in the chat as they were talking about, it. I was like, oh, he's not good on run defense. I'm like, Four minutes left in the game on a 91-yard drive. I don't give a darn if he's not good at run defense. You have one job. You go get the quarterback. If he hands it off and run options, plant him anyway. That's it. And he would have eaten Falele alive. If there was ever a time to have a speed rusher in there, that was it. Yep. I, I agree. Maybe they're so worried about how much movement there is pre-snap uh, with that Ravens run game and the fact that it was just a one possession game they would be okay rushing the football still and one play where he's washed out is you know could be a 40 yard run uh but yeah no it's right now that looks like a bad pick and I always want to give benefit of the doubt you know I make my assessment when a draft pick happens and be like okay take a step back maybe I was too harsh then I'll see in the faults because he can I think he can be a really good speed pass rusher good bend I hated that pick when it happened though it just was not for me. Um, I kind of compare it, Nick, to um, D'Angelo Malone, who was picked about 10 spots later in the third round by the Atlanta Falcons, who had the worst pass rush by a long shot in, in the NFL last year and still aren't very good. And, you know, we talk about the second round pick, second round pick, but it was at 64th overall. Yeah. You know, this was a guy that maybe – what hurts me is you could add Abe Lucas, you know, but for what are you expecting for a pretty deep edge room – I'm okay with Nick Benito not playing early, uh, except for the fact that you're now down three edges <laughs> that I would have had him in in pass rush situations of, you know, especially that last, possibly that last drive. But again, just because he was the first pick doesn't mean he was necessarily a high pick. So as an edge with flaws, didn't have high expectations for him this year. He hasn't lived up to them. Um, but again, I'm not ready to you know write that pick off just yet. But I, I I agree with the frustration. The frustration part for me is you you ignored right tackle and Abe Lucas was right there. He was right there to be had, and that should have been your pick. Yeah, hundred percent. We got Jelani James coming in saying, "So glad I see Peyton being held accountable." We're just stating the reality of these things. Uh, I don't think that's again Scott and I both were. We probably would keep Peyton one more season, but I think there's enough evidence where the ownership group could make that call uh you can't miss this hard on the head coach and the quarterback considering everything you gave up and not have potential ramifications i mean that's just the bottom line even with hindsight good process bad results you're graded on the results yeah and it's um, not even what you gave up at this point it's you know from a from a in the trade perspective it's that you're now tied to this guy i mean it, it is kind of also what you gave up because right now it's the number I, I three overall pick and you gave up number nine last year but that's you made it worse i mean there it's it's not just that yeah yeah. You know, if you if you're like, OK, well, we 
didn't resign. We didn't extend him to his contract. We're, we've got him for another year, $25 million left on this deal. And then we're out from under it. We lost these picks. That sucks. But we're going to have to make some moves in free agency and blah, blah, blah. And his contract's coming off and we've got a bunch of salary cap available. No. <laughs> no. And Jelani, like I said, I, I would... You, We've talked about it. Nick has asked me. You've asked me, what would you do? One more year for George Payton because on the whole, I think his ledger has been in the black. Um, but these are big, big marks that if we do, if, if he gets fired, I'm not going to come on here and, and say, oh my God, I can't believe it. No, no, I get it. And if you want to come in here, Jelani, and say he should be gone, I understand. Yep. I absolutely understand. Yep. I'm not going to say you're wrong. And if I was Penner, I'd probably, like I said, keep him one more year. I get final say on the moves. You're not going to be trading future draft capital or anything like that or doing anything rash for the short term because you're we're going to have to figure out around Russell Wilson, but we're not going all in on Russell Wilson next year because we need to start thinking about what this looks like. You got to earn that ability to be all in. We went all in this year and it was you you crapped your pants. I don't know if I can say that on here without getting in trouble, but I mean you this this was a crap your pants off season with those moves. Um so it's rough right now and you're going to have to try to get it right, but without putting yourself in position where it's hard to get out of it in the future for who may come after you. So if that's rough, if that's not fair, then too damn bad. Um, (laughs) You work for me and uh, you can, you can leave if you want. Yeah. I paid $5 billion to not have to care what you think. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I got a job ad from 16 years. I'm like, well, I guess when you pay $10 million for the company, you, you get to make that decision. I'm like, I, this was my email address for 16 years. How come you get to tell me I don't get to use it anymore? No, because you paid $10 million for it. All right, fine. Yeah. $5 billion. Billion dollars. Yep. And I, I it's the right to not care what you have to think. Peyton said, Penner tells that to Peyton. Peyton will probably resign. If he resigns, he's probably going to lose a lot of money. Um, but, uh, that's, yeah, you don't resign. You, you, you fire me and, and pay me off. Yep. Uh, it's, and it's really a tough line to walk. And then it's again, the Broncos team is in a really bad situation. I was listening last week to the, uh, it was Daniel Jeremiah and Robert Mays in the athletic podcast. And they talked about teams that, how did we get here? How is it this bad? And the number one team they talked about was the Denver Broncos. And they didn't even have an answer of where to go forward. Um, one thing that they both agreed on is that Russell Wilson should have no say in the next head coaching process because he has not earned that. And that's even another conversation, maybe too many uh, sessions. Is that the word too, too much given to Russell Wilson? Can you take, can you put that genie back in the bottle without a new general manager? I mean, the stuff that's come out, I was like, no, like, Oh, we're designing this for offense together. This is the Russell Wilson off. What? That doesn't happen. Yeah. That, that, That doesn't happen. I mean, I've watched, Peyton Manning didn't get to do that that I know of. You know, Matt Ryan doesn't get to do that. You, you, you're the player. He's the coach. It's a dynamic that's worked for a long time. You know, yes. What are you comfortable doing? You want to seek input. What have you done best? And let's let's see if we can make sure we implement that in. But you know, you know, as Colin says, the the special privileges that are coming in. You know, for your first time. You know, if, if he's John Elway, and he's been there 10 years with a couple of rings on his fingers. Yeah, John Elway's got his own office. He sleeps here all the time. Okay. You know, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, and in his last year, he, he's he's spending extra time here. He's got his own Okay. Von Miller. Okay. Not the new guy, man. Not the new guy. Yep. And Peter has the solution here. We need to draft a Joe Burrow. 
Oh man, I wish. Um, and enough for Russell Wilson's eight touchdowns in 12 games. I've seen enough. You back to back years is a fun little thing to say. I take um, a Jamar Chase team. right now. Yeah, God, Jamar <laughs> Chase. T. Higgins even would be incredible on this team. Um, but uh, you have the number one overall pick one year, 2017. The number one overall pick ends up being Baker Mayfield, who's going to be against the Broncos coming up. That slime game. Will we even see a slime in that one? I think they only do slime if it's a touchdown. It's the Rams versus Broncos. Maybe we'll What's get. That? What are you talking about? The slime game. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I get to break some news here to Scott. Um, the Broncos at Rams is going to be on Nickelodeon Christmas day. Okay. So it's the, uh, the Nickelodeon kids game or whatever the heck they call it. And they do like the slime graphics for touchdowns, the Rams offense versus the Broncos offense. I think we got to set the over under on slimes at 2.5. Maybe <laughs> I'm not kidding. The offense at all. Matthew Stafford's out. Who's their backup quarterback. They just brought in Baker Mayfield. Oh, they did were... they? Okay. I hadn't, yes. I hadn't seen that. Okay. Like I yep. said, you know, we were asked this morning, is Baker should Baker Mayfield get picked up? Yes, he should. Absolutely, yeah. he should. I've watched more NFL football in the last, you know, this year than I have in the last 10 years combined. Yeah. And I see some just god awful quarterback play. You know, Baker Mayfield might not be a number one overall pick, a future franchise guy, but he's better than half the starters I see out there playing right now. And frankly, half the starters are out, so he's better than the backups that are coming in. No scores, no slimes. <laughs> Sack slime. There will be no slimes. We need like, you know, slime. Interception pe- slime. Penalty slime. But bad special teams. <laughs> oh, he shouldn't have fielded that punt slime. We'd be we'd be out. Uh, but the screen would just be green. It's like uh, it's like us, you know, when uh, I said we put a dollar in there every time one of us talks about this team and then goes, <sighs> whenever there's a wah, wah play, slime them. Yep. Maybe we just had to coach slimes, slime the head coach or like if, if Wilson runs into a sack, I don't know. Slime the slime for the bad things. Slime's not supposed to be good from what I remember during my Nickelodeon days. Uh, but we appreciate the heck out of you guys. We're going to start to wrap it up here. Scott and I are both kind of on the, I see Patrick and there. raise a mug and just be happy. There's football again. Yep. Absolutely. Thank you. See you, Patrick. I need to get going to Iowa tips off against Duke here pretty soon, which will be a fun game. Oh, for I, went to Duke. I married up. Yes, I did. Yeah. Marry <laughs> up your head. It makes you a better man. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. I can say that. Speak to that as well. Every, you post a picture and was like, you outkicked your coverage. You're not insulting me. I think God bless you. <laughs> I God, see that I, too. I do my best to make sure she doesn't realize that. So, yes. you know. Uh, 100%. But Scott and I both on the same page here. Been some real big whiffs here. Uh, a lot of stuff we can go down the line it isn't as bad. It's the Nathaniel Hackett and the Russell Wilson stuff. Uh, and then all the other stuff piled on top of it. We both would give Peyton one more year. It's a tough conversation, though. Um, no doubt about that. So hopefully the Broncos don't get it around. <laughs> Phil coming in, see the power rankings, and we came out 33. Uh, you have not seen the Houston Texans if you have the Broncos at 33. Broncos, you could make an argument 31 or elsewhere, but uh, the Texans, horrible. They have more avenues to improve their team than the Broncos do, but I digress. Ted coming in saying Chiefs money line will be the easiest 150 I've ever made. What do you have I to th- put down? Do you have to put down a grand to get 150? I have no idea. Yeah. It's, that's going to be it, a tough one. Is it? Where is, where's the first game played? Is it at? It's at Denver. At, at Denver, and then the second one's at KC. This Sunday at Denver. Yep. It's this Sunday at. Oh, guys, I haven't. I'm still like, you know, we're still in process of last week. Yeah. And we've like flipped to draft already, and now general manager. I haven't really even looked to the games next week. Plus, yep. two of the teams I help cover off this week. Yep. So at or uh, Kansas City at Denver. Um, we got flexed from that game. So, uh, thank God. Uh, but the, Chiefs money what line. What is the money line on that one? I'm interested. I mean, it, it, I would think, Ted, you've got to put down close to 
at least 500 win 150. Let's no, see. Chiefs, Chiefs Broncos, 4 o'clock, 4.05 CBS. Over-under on that is 43. This might be one I take the over. You think so? Maybe. Or do you think the Chiefs go on like we don't... 35-6 would be 41. 38-6 would be 44. That would put you over. I think it's going to be under. I think the Chiefs are going to play super safe conservative because they have zero I mean, respect I, for I, the Broncos I, offense. I, I agree. I think the under is still probably the safe one there. But Chiefs are only a nine and a half, so... Um, it's probably pro- Ted probably had to put down 400 to win 150. Yeah. <sighs> what rough 24 to three. That's, that's possible. It's going to be like something like 20 to six, but, uh, we'll get into that on Thursday. A lot of fun. Um, rough conversations <laughs> here. Didn't want to be here. Chronoic. That's funny. The over under over by halftime. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Sorry, yep. if you can't laugh, you cry, you know, and we're, we're having fun on here. Yeah, you know, we're we not got... your football priests, but we still try and make it a good time. We're your football jesters at this point, but I uh, appreciate you guys so much for coming in. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Sorry about the in- internet earlier. Um, it did seem like it cleared up there. So that's thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have been rough. Make sure you're following us at uh, BFB underscore pod and uh, BTB uh, football pod as well for the building the Broncos, which we're doing tonight, but Carl's on vacation. Um, also make sure you're following us on Facebook or on Twitter. Also at mile high huddle. If you're joining us on Facebook today, please make sure you are uh, joining us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. If you're joining us on YouTube today, Facebook at all, you know, drop a thumbs up on the way out, drop the angry react. Is that Phil with the angry react? It is. Love you, Phil. Um, appreciate you guys so much. Have a great rest of your night. We'll see you live again on Scott's channel tomorrow. Um, the Falcons podcast. It'll be a lot of fun to talk over there. And uh, you guys have a great extra day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.